service of Cornerstone Apostolic Church located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona.
Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m. and can be heard on Sunday morning live. Tuesday Bible class inside the pages begins at 7 p.m. Join us in praising and worshiping our Lord, our Savior, as we journey through the book of Ezekiel on Tuesdays and the book of Acts on Sundays. If you missed any part of the message, you can visit ConnectingTruth.org to access our message archive. Just click on God on Demand and you'll be able to access the messages that you missed. My prayer is that something is said to enhance your walk with Christ. And most of all, we want to give honor to God to each of you that are listening, each of you that are present under the sound of my voice. Amen. I want to direct your attention to the word of God this morning. My prayer is that something is said that will enhance your walk with the Lord. Please open your Bible, your whether it's paper or electronic. I, I like looking at uh, reading still, regular books, but uh, uh, open your, your devices uh, to the book of Acts, the fourth chapter. Acts, the fourth chapter, the 23rd verse through verse 31. That's Acts 4, 23 through 31. The Bible says, and being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voices to God with one accord and said, Thou, Lord, thou art God, your God. Is anyone recognizing who he is this morning? Do you recognize him as being God, sovereign God? Not just little G-O-D, but God, uh, sovereign. Mighty in every and all things, nothing impossible for him to do. It, that's the God I'm talking about. That's the God that we serve. Thou art God, which have, create, have made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is who by the mouth of thy servant David has said why do the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things the kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ for of a truth against thy holy child Jesus whom thou has anointed both here and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatening. Sometimes you need to just tell. You need to just tell the Lord what's happening with you. You need to tell the Lord when someone comes up against you, uh, trying to bully you, you need to tell the Lord. You need to uh, make it known, make it plain that this is happening. And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness 
they may speak thy word. By stretching forth thy hand to heal. Listen to this. By stretching forth thy hand to heal. How is the council going to know? How are people going to know? By stretching forth thy hand to heal. How will they know the word is real? By stretching, by stretching forth your hand to heal. That signs, not just the healing, but signs, uh, the company of word, healing, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name. What name is that? What name is that? What name is that? Say it with one accord. Call his name. Can you say it again, please? Somebody is listening and need to know that you're not afraid to call his name. Can you let them know that you're not afraid? People are afraid to say Jesus because it is so politically incorrect to say his name in a public place. Uh, someone might be offended. Someone, But until that moment where there is an, a need uh, for the name to be called, someone is in an accident, someone is hurt, someone is looking for a doctor, uh, and the most immediate doctor and the ambulance service that there ever is is the angels of the Lord and God himself. So you need to be able to call and not be afraid to say Jesus uh, at any time. If you just think the name Jesus, if you just have you ever been in a situation where you could not open your mouth up, but in your mind you were saying Jesus and you saw the situation change because our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty. Uh, our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they're spiritual. We're, uh, this is a war of the anointed. Uh -huh. There's an anointed cherub that has been given a season to reign, but that season is coming to an end one day. And so the most powerful, the Bible said there's no other name under heaven whereby you must be saved except the name of Jesus. It's only by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. Your prayer, should, your prayer will cause some things to happen. When they had prayed, the place was shaken. Your prayer will change your situation or it will change you. When they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. They didn't just talk about what God had did, but they talked about it with boldness. We're pretty bold about some of the things we talk about. You know, we're, we're bold and I'm, I'm going to uh, say that we're, we're bold because we're happy about it. We're glad. We, you know, we're excited about it. And so we're bold about it. I want to take a thought from the passages that we have read. Uh, I want to share this thought, the faithful, the bold, the church. It's a subtopic. The best way to face opposition is by obedience to his word. Again, the faithful, the bold, the church. The best way to face opposition is by obedience to his word. The church is an extension or expansion of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God uh, extend is vertical. It reaches uh, from heaven uh, to earth and from earth to heaven, and then it goes horizontal. 
it goes up, down, and horizontal. The Bible said that, uh, I believe it was Jacob that had laid down to, to get some rest, and he saw a ladder, and the ladder extended up, and there was angels that was going up and down the ladder. And he became afraid, and he realized, uh, and I'm paraphrasing this, but he said, this is, this is the gate of heaven. Uh, you need to understand the church is the gate of heaven. Uh, in order to get to heaven, you've got to, you must, yes, mm -hmm, uh, you must go to church. Uh, uh, I know there are those that don't believe that, that going to church is necessary, but you'll never find that in the Bible where there was not a gathering together. Now, there is a difference in being sick where you cannot go. But the Bible says if you're sick, call for the elders of the church and they'll anoint you and pray for you and you shall be healed. That is the word of God. Now, for those that are listening and may not know, this is a, uh, a church that believe in the word of God. Uh, not talking about being dogmatic, but we believe in the word of God because heaven and earth will pass away. But his word is what is going to stand. The church is an extension or expansion of the kingdom of God, uh, and it resides here on earth. Uh, the church is an expansion. We are an extension of God's will. We're an extension of what God wants and how he uh, desires to bless humanity. The relationship in which God desires to have with his creation. The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter, the 10th verse, it says, uh, or this is the uh, one of the first instances of the of ecclesia that is used in the scripture. It says, "Special, especially the day thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Hebrew, uh, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together. There's a gathering together. Gather the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they have." that they shall live upon the earth and they may teach their children. Uh, gather the people together so that they can hear the word of God. They can understand uh, the word of God. They can understand the will of God uh, all at once. So there's no mistake about it, that everybody is receiving the same message, that they could, will have the word, know how to govern their lives and to teach it to their children. The gathering of believers and commission of service is an order that comes from heaven to earth. The gathering of people together to hear the word of God is an order that has been given by sovereign God. Uh, now, uh, I was joking with someone because uh, many years ago there was a play that said your arms are too short to box with God. And sometimes we need to be reminded that our arms are too short to box with God. Uh, we can't resist God. We should not try to resist him. But there are those that that are uh, that try to resist him uh, and they want the word to roll off for them like water on a duck's back. Uh, but the word of God should be absorbed. Uh, it should be embraced. Uh, it should be uh, governing our lives instead of us trying to govern the word of God. The church is a gathering place where believers and unbelievers come to hear agree with truth or even disagree mm -hmm. with the fairness to reason together for a better understanding. You may not agree with what you hear because you don't understand it. But I, I love what the Lord said. He said, come and let us reason together. Uh, come and let us reason together. Let's take a look at this. Not argue about it. It's not an argument. 
Uh, we're going to deal with the facts. And then you can make a wise, you can make a well-informed decision when you have all the facts. Uh, many don't want the facts because then they can try, they can go into denial. Uh, but you need the facts of everything. Uh, the church is the temple of God and exists as a uh, two physical embodiments. There is the structure which we're in this morning. Uh, that represents the church. This is the physical structure uh, that people driving by, walking by, bicycling uh, as they go on their way and they see the church. They see the building and they, and they say, oh, my God, there's a church there. I'm going to go there as they feel led. And then there is the embodiment where God where know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, making you also the extension of the church. Oh, bless you, Lord God. And, and so uh, there is a, a two physical embodiments there. The church, the physical body in which you're in and which the spirit of God, when received, dwells in. You come together in the physical location that has been established, that is hollowed out for his name, where the Lord meets Everybody, the collective group, the company group, the community has come together with one voice, one mind to hear and to receive and to give back unto the Lord. The Bible tells us not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the matter of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. What day? The day of reconciliation. What day? The day of, of reward. The day of judgment. The day in which you yourself may be called out of here. David said, I was once young, but now I'm old. I was once young. But now I'm old. And I know the rest of it says I've never seen the, the, the righteous forsaken or seed begging bread. But, but let's just deal with the fact that he was once young like you and I. But now he's older. As I look over, I look and I see someone that 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 I was just looking at that baby picture just yesterday. And, and here it is today. They're no longer a baby. We want to keep Jesus as a baby. We look at the nativity scene. He's always a baby. And but we don't recognize or people don't want to recognize that he grew up and he talked about repentance. He grew up. He talked about the will of God. He grew up. He talked about hell. Mm -hmm. Jesus preached more about hell than anybody else. Uh, but that's not a reality that that people want to deal with. They want to keep him as a baby. And that baby's name is powerful. Uh, matter of fact, that baby's name was so powerful that it healed a crippled man. That name was so powerful that it brought salvation. That name was so powerful that when they asked Peter, uh, men and brethren, what shall we do to be saved? Peter said, repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin. So in Jesus name, uh, the remission of sin, there is remission of sin through the power of the water baptism that is done in the baby's name. But we won't recognize or there are those that won't recognize and don't want to recognize the power that was brought, that landed, that was birthed, miracle, miraculously birthed here on earth. The church, the church is called to gather together and not to forsake the assembly of themselves together. Uh, the, the church, uh, those listening, hold to the ideal of gathering 
or going to service is unnecessary from time to time. But we need to realize that the word of God is always necessary. We want God to show up and to show out when we desire him to. We want the Lord to be spontaneous in uh, what we desire. We want the Lord to work for us and work on our behalf uh, as, as we want him to. And God has the same expectations that we do as his word says, that we live. You know, we're in the book of Ezekiel right now on, on Tuesday nights. And the Lord told uh, Ezekiel, he said, tell them that they follow my statutes and my judgment. A man shall live in them. If we follow the word of God, we shall live in it. Not just know it, not just have knowledge about it, but we live by the word of God. This is a lifestyle. Uh, holiness is a lifestyle. Serving the Lord is a lifestyle. Being elevated by God is a lifestyle. Knowing the Lord and having a relationship with him is a lifestyle. Thank you, Lord God. Bless you, Jesus. Oh, my God. Are you supporting or with attendance? Are you participating? Are you helping to keep the storehouse, the lights on, the rent, the mortgage paid, meeting the needs of others? Please, even more reason to be present. These are reasons to be present at the storehouse, the place of God, the place that has been hollowed out for his name, the place that has been set aside for the gathering together so that we can know and understand what is needed. So we can know and understand and come together, put together ideals for the expansion of the work of Jesus Christ. Like the tabernacle or the temple in the wilderness, the church is a prophetic picture of God's intent to dwell in his people. The church in the beginning, uh, what was established in the wilderness was to symbolize that I want to meet the people there. I want to meet you right where you are. I want to meet you here on earth. I'm not going to bring you up, but I'm going to come down and meet you right where you are. I'm going to meet you, and I understand that when I meet you, I want you to get this. God knows that when I meet you, I'm going to see exactly what your needs are. I'm not just coming to be seen of you, but I'm coming to meet whatever needs there are. I'm coming to meet that cry that you made. I'm coming to meet the, the sacrifice that you made. I'm coming to meet the sorrow of the heart. I'm coming to meet the request that you've made. I'm coming to meet those things, the rejoicing that you have, the praise that you're going to give. I'm coming to meet all of those things. And when we're going to come together and we're going to meet at one place and we're going to have a party. We're going to have a party at Cornerstone. We're going to glorify God. We're going to magnify God. And God is going to be praised and pleased. Oh, bless your Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. God is going to be exalted. And guess what? The Bible says that, that God inhabits the praises of his people, which means God gets excited about the praise that goes on. God gets excited about the fact that you cast your cares upon him. God gets excited of the fact that, that you came and that you committed yourself unto him even as he is committed unto you. Thank you, Lord God. The temple, the temple in the wilderness was the church prophetic picture of God's intent to dwell in his people. His presence dwelt in the building in a unique way. Thus the sacrifice made then was taken over and made by Jesus Christ 
the atonement for all of our sins. Romans 5 and 19 says, as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners because of something that one person did. It impacted all of us. Humanity was impacted. Every man, woman, boy and child was tainted, have been tainted much worse than the coronavirus, much worse than SARS, much worse than anything that you can think of was contaminated. You can get sick and be healed. You can get sick and maybe you're not healed. Maybe the sickness takes you out of here. But one thing is that my body might die, but my soul is saved. Uh, you've got to realize there is an afterlife. You need to understand that this is only the beginning of things to come. This is what we please God at and we go into eternity. Uh, we were just discussing at the beginning of service that the scripture says, blessed are those that die in the Lord. Huh. Jesus was speaking to them, the disciples one day, and he said, you would think that wall that fell down and destroyed those souls, those bodies, those people, that they were the worst sinners. Not so. People are leaving here because of situations, accidents, um, threats being carried out, things that are occurring that was unintentional, but the enemy used it against them. But yet they're saved. You ought to be glad to be saved. I want to be saved. Saved to the utmost. Saved beyond uh, the things that anyone could look back at my life and accuse me of. Saved. Saved and living unto the Lord that if I leave here today uh, under any circumstance, that I know I'll hear his voice say, well done, good and faithful servant. Not just a well done today and then tomorrow not well done because I, I messed it up, but knowing that when I leave here, because of the commitment, because of the faithfulness, because of the boldness, and because of being part of the church, that he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Why? Because when I ran, because when you ran into opposition, you were you faced it by obedience to the word of God. The church is obedient. The church, you and I, shall be made and are made righteous through Christ. Faithfulness comes from a place of trust and loyalty. Numbers 23 and 19 gives us this assurance. God is not a man that he should lie neither the son of man that he should repent. Have he said and shall he not do? God said it, won't he do it? There's a song that says, won't he do it? And I'm here today to say, yes, he will. I thank God that I, I was thinking this morning, I was driving in of uh, the testimony that God has given me that is coming up to a, a year, a, a month from now, it's coming up to a year that I was in the hospital and I'm not going to go all into it right now, but while I was in the hospital, the doctor told me that I should have died. The doctor told me I should not be here right now. However, they continued to say, it's obvious you still have work to do. Now, this doctor knew nothing about me. This doctor did not know my walk with Christ, didn't know my relationship with God. But yet those words echoed from her mouth that you should have been dead. But there's more work for you to do. All the test results 
were negative. No clogged arteries, nothing, no high uh, blood pressure, nothing they could find. The doctor even said we don't have an, an, a true analysis for what happened with you, except the fact it should have taken you out of here. I thank God because that gives me another day. The, I, I love the song and I sing along with it this morning. It's another day's journey and I'm glad about it. Aren't you glad today it is another journey for you? This is the day that the Lord has made and you can rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. What day is this? A day that I can be faithful. A day that I can be bold. The day that I show that I am part of the body of Christ. The day that I face opposition by being obedient to his word. That's what the day is. I'm all of that. You're all of that. We're all of that. Bless you, Lord God. Faithfulness comes from the place of trust and worthiness, knowing loyalty, knowing that God is not a man, that he's going to lie. God is not a liar. God does not make a vow. God does not uh, sign a contract. God does not uh, uh, make verbal agreements and then don't keep them. God doesn't make promises and then turn his back. We can pattern ourselves after the faithfulness of God. And we should. The Bible tells us, uh, follow, uh, Paul said, listen, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm following God footstep by footstep. I'm following his word. I'm listening to what God is saying. You should do the same. I'm reading the word of God. You read the word of God. I'm uh, praying. You pray. I'm seeking God. You seek God. Uh, uh, you've been, you, you saw the pattern in which maybe your parents had. Or maybe your grandmother had that she was faithful to God and you look at that and you admire that. Well, all she was doing was set an example that baby, you can be faithful too. son. You can be faithful too. Uh, daughter. You can be faithful too. Uh, you can be faithful unto God. Just like I am, just like I was. How did I get that way? Because I prayed for faith. I was bold and I remained with the church and I faced opposition by being obedient to the word of God. Oh, the book of Acts gives us more insight into the early uh, evangelical work of ministry after being empowered by the Holy Ghost for witnessing. The empowerment of the Holy Ghost is for us to be a witness for Christ. Jesus told the disciples, you are my witness. Their concern was about natural oppression. But Jesus responded by telling them to be soul winners. We ought to be more mindful about our soul and the souls of others instead of the things that go on from day to day. Many of our situations have been self-inflicted. If we followed the word of God, it would be more easily identified. If I follow the word of God, it won't allow me to overextend my credit. If I follow the word of God, I'll live within my means. If I follow the word of God, I'll handle things a lot better than what I've done. It doesn't mean that the enemy is not going to attack, but it does say that I am in the will of God and that it's easier to work with God and face opposition because I'm obedient by the word of God. Jesus told the disciples, you're my witness. I can tell people that God is able to bring you out. Jesus said, you're my witness. I'm able to tell him that, tell them that Jesus saved. 
Jesus said, you're my witness. I'm able to, to let somebody know if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. It don't matter where you've come from. Uh, and I, oh my God, thank you, Jesus. Uh, people look at others that are sitting in positions in churches and uh, people that look so uh, uh, pure and clean, not knowing that some of them was, was the lowest level uh, scum. Uh, I, I'm not talking about nobody, but, but you understand what I'm saying. Uh, things that we did in our lives, we're not proud of, but look at what God has done. God has taken the lowly, the humble, the meek, and raised them up. God, only God can take nothing and make something. Only God can take a bad thing and turn it around to a good thing. Only God can take uh, those things that people said, looked at and said, you'll never be nothing, and all of a sudden, God made you something. God spoke into your life when others were saying that you were not nothing and said, this is what you're going to be. You even thought within your own mind that I'll never be that. But here it is today in 2020 that you're thinking about God and God has you on the right path of becoming what he has called you to be. Jesus told the disciples, you're my witness. The concern is about souls, winning souls. Nothing supersedes the deliverance of souls. Witnessing. The defining mark of a converted life. Witnessing is the defining mark of our lives. Not the speaking in tongues, not the dancing and praising God, not the rejoicing. All of that is part of it. But our lives of witnessing, our lives of setting an example, our lives that says that when I go to work, I obey everything that, that's written in the manual. I understand the policies. I know how to do my job, but when someone look at me, they should be able to say there's something about you. I may not be able, they may not be able to put their finger on it, but they see that your life, there is illumination about your life. There's something about you that sets you apart from everyone else. Not that you're trying to set yourself apart, but you set yourself apart for Christ. You're not trying to act like I'm better than you, but no, I set myself apart for Christ. I'm faithful. I'm bold. I'm part of the church. I'm faithful. I'm bold. I face opposition by being obedient to the word of God. This is my lifestyle and my lifestyle makes a difference. Don't you want that relationship with God? You should have that same relationship. It's not enough to just believe in God for the Bible said the devil believes and trembles, but he doesn't obey. God. He will never obey God. But you have opportunity. You have each day a benefit that has been presented that you can face opposition by obedience in the word of God. Nothing supersedes the deliverance of souls. Witnessing is the defining mark of a converted life. Uh, faithfulness is to witnessing has become the exception. What, what happened? What happened to it becoming the norm? Now it is the exception in many places and not the rule. Jesus made it the rule, not the exception. Witnessing is the commission of every believer. God is looking for the personal commitment to soul winning. People are suffering from the edifice complex, meaning that they're more focused on building and budget with little attention to people and passion for souls. Peter's message was Jesus-centric. After the miracle of the crippled man, Jesus is the reason for the season. 
Jesus was, has died for you. No one else died for you. Osteen didn't die for you. Jakes didn't die for you. Warren didn't die for you. Neither did Henderson. No one died for you. Jesus died for you. Those are ministers and they're doing a great job in obeying the word of God and doing uh, the commission that has been handed to them, but they didn't die for you. Jesus died for you. Jesus is to be exalted above everything. Uh, this causes a problem for the religious leaders of that day. It made a large tidal wave in the political pool. Whether religious or political, there needs to be a stirring, an uneasiness, a more a thought given to the true power of God. It should reach from here all the way to the top of the building. It should reach from here to uh, the, across the country. It should reach from here. There is enough. Thank you, Jesus. There is enough people that say, I believe in God. There, let me put it this way. There is enough. There is true believers that the Bible says, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will heal their land. There is enough of us that if we stop, drop, oh, you know, the fire, to put out a fire, they say stop, drop, and roll. If enough of us stop, drop, and roll in Jesus' name, something will happen. You'll have the, the highest office talking about the power of God. You'll have the highest office recognizing that it was a God-only case and God did it. You'll have the highest office saying that God did something. They, it cannot be ignored like it could not be ignored when Peter and John healed the crippled man. They were obedient to the word of God. They were faithful. They were bold. They knew that they were part of the church. They were part of Christ. They faced the opposition uh, with obedience to the word of God. This is why Peter uh, said, man, look at us. We don't have any money. Silver and gold have we none. But such as I have, what do you have? You have the power of God residing in you. You have the word of God that has been preached, that you've read, that you have prayed. You have the power of God working in your life that you can lend, extend your hand to someone that's down, to someone that's lame, to someone that's emotionally distaste, to someone that is hurting, to someone that needs a word from the Lord. You have it. It's not in the hand of, of when you get to service, we're going to have somebody pray. It's in your hands. Whatsoever your hand find to do, do it in faith. Be bold. Be part of the church that God has called you to be. Uh, face opposition uh, by being obedient to the word of God. Listen, the religious leaders, the political leaders of that day needed to be stirred up. They needed to be made uneasy. And more thought needed to be given to the power of the word of God. Don't withhold the power of God when someone is crippled, when someone is, needs healing, or when a true word needs to be spoken. It doesn't mean that we act 
without diplomacy, it doesn't mean that we act unruly, that we just jump up on the table and start declaring things. You know, we, we, we don't present ourselves correctly in the, in the workplace or in the school. There, there's a, there is a, a protocol, there's a way to do things. But we have to be bold enough to pray about it. Lord, give us boldness. Uh, Lord, uh, uh, give us strength. Lord, help us to uh, give us an, an open door, an opportunity, uh, a, a voice so that we can speak, Lord God. And we need to know when to speak and when to shut up. We need to know how to address. We need to know how to talk and we need to know when to, when to back down and just pray about it. We need to know and we need to be led of the Lord. The Bible said they were faithful. They were bold. They were the church. When faced with opposition, they faced it together. When there's a problem, we should come to the church. The Bible said that they came together and, and told them and, and told the others, this is what's going on. We, they went back to their own. Isn't that what the scripture said? They went back to their own. But see, you have no place to go if you're trying to be a lone ranger. They went back to their own and they told them what was going on and they lifted up their voices. They went to their own. The church responded to the dilemma in prayer together. There was a problem. They prayed together. They knew God was stronger than their enemy. You need to remember God is stronger than your enemy. God has absolute sovereignty. God's plan should be recognized as superior to anyone else's plan. God's plan. They prayed for God's help. That's what we do. We pray for God's help. I'm going to pray for God's help. Brother, you need God's help. We're going to touch and agree. We're going to pray together for God's help. They didn't pray against the opposition. In other words, they didn't pray, Lord, afflict uh, them, Lord God. They threatened us. They made us, they, they looked at us and they, they told us that we were ignorant and unlearned. They, and we didn't go to their uh, theological seminary. We didn't, we didn't do this. And, and you know, we weren't part of the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. Uh, we weren't part of none of the, the social group as, 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 as what was the norm of that day. They didn't pray against them, but they prayed that they would. Matter of fact, Peter's message was that they would repent. So that when the day of, uh, of recon reconciliation come, that their names would not be blotted out. That was Peter's message to them. He presented opportunity to them. So I didn't pray to hurt the opposition, but to, to fulfill. Our prayer is to fulfill our role in our mission. And the Lord, behold their threatening, granted unto his servants, that with all boldness, they may speak the word. God heard the prayer and granted unto them with boldness by stretching forth their hand to heal. And the signs and wonders may be done by the name or in the name of Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake as the word of God with boldness, amen. Friends, my prayer is that you've heard something that encourages your heart, that puts a drive in you to be, to take a stand, to be bold, to be faithful, to know that you're part of the body of Christ and to face opposition by obedience to the word of God.
Amen. I pray that, that uh, join in with us on Tuesday uh, at 7 p.m. when we'll be teaching the Word of God, the book of Ezekiel. And uh, at that time, there'll be opportunity to call in with questions regarding what has been taught on that evening. Uh, we certainly, our prayers is for the family of those that are suffering, hurt right now, bereavement, uh, sickness. Uh, our prayer is that uh, only God can comfort and that people that come into the presence of those that are uh, hurting uh, will have the right things to say or just be there and not say nothing at all. Just be a listening ear. Amen. Uh, this is Pastor Carl Henderson, again, of Cornerstone Apostolic Church. God be with you. Amen.